We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Been talking about how we can have all areas of faith. Last week I talked about don't despise the small things because it's the small things that would determine your destiny when it comes to your faith. It's the everyday things. It's not the big things. It's the everyday little things that will cause you to fulfill your destiny or cause you to miss it completely. And so today I want to talk about faith and how it determines your direction. Your direction. How many of you have ever had God redirect your life with your faith? I mean, we've had it in our family. That's the way we live. Uh, the, only faith, the only direction we have in life is trying to follow the faith that God has put into us as to what step. I became very aware very early in my Christianity that I asked God, direct my footsteps. I want everywhere I go to be in your perfect will for my life. I want that. You want that. And so faith determines the direction in which we live. Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 33 says this. Walk in obedience. Wow. Doesn't mess around, does it? Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live. How many, how many of you like living? Living's a good thing. So that you may live. So that you may prosper. How many of you want to prosper? Good thing. And prolong your days in the land that you will possess. How many of you want to live a long life? I do. Those three things are there because we obey the commands of God. We're going to live. I love living. Living, if you have pain, you're alive, right? If you experience joy, hey, I'm alive. Living's a good thing. I want to prosper spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Every area of my life, I want to prosper. And I want to live as long as God has a purpose for me. Last week I read in Acts and it said, and when David had fulfilled God's purpose in his life, he fell asleep. That's the way I want to go. Fulfilling God's purpose and just fall asleep. What a wonderful life God has planned for you and me. An awesome life. If we obey his commands. If we live a life that is filled with faith. Obedience is the premise behind God's promises. We want over 1,500 of God's promises, don't we? But we've got to have obedience. Obedience is the premise to get to the promises. But we've got to understand that when God commands us to live in certain ways, He expects us to obey those to be able to get to the promises that we receive in our life. Obedience. God has given us commands, not suggestions. And today our society is talking about suggestions. No, it's, it's not a suggestion, it's a command. In God's eyes, there, how many of you ever heard this? There's no if, ands, or buts about it. That's the way it is. It's just, this is the way to live. These are the things I want you to go by in making your decisions. And this is how your faith will increase and determine the direction of your life. Uh, some commands. God has commanded that sex is to be between a husband and a wife. I'm going to get you there. 
Now listen, that touches a very sensitive part of a lot of American society and of a lot of churches today. But that's a command. It's not a suggestion. We have commands that all other sex is penalized in the Word of God. It's out of God's will. If we get hurt, we are commanded to do what? Forgive. Why? So that we will be forgiven by God. It has promises, but there's a premise of obedience. God commands that 10% of our money is His. It's not ours. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. If we want to have our finances blessed, we give God what's His. If we don't, then it's cursed. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's God's commandments. If evil is done to you, do good in return. These are commands that we live by. And if you obey them, God will bless you. I've heard people say, but pastor, I, I don't fully understand it, and if I don't understand it, I really can't do it. Well, there's a lot of things I don't understand. But I still receive benefits from it. I don't fully understand how a plane flies. I understand a little bit of thrust and a little bit of lift, but I really don't understand how that thing really flies. But I benefit from it. I've flown all over the world. Uh, I don't understand fully how a boat floats. I understand a little bit about the law of displacement, but I don't fully understand. Back in several decades ago, they had a war, and they made ships out of concrete, and they floated. How does that work? I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand how all the engines work. But yet I get in my car, turn the key on, push the button, whatever kind of car you got, and away we go. I benefit from a lot of things I don't understand. God's word, you may not understand it, but you can receive the benefits. Why? Because obedience is a demonstration of our faith. If we have faith, the way we exhibit our faith is through our obedience. I don't understand it, God. I don't know why you're asking me to do this. No ifs, ands, or buts. Just obey. Just begin to let God involve in your life so that you can receive benefits from His promises. Obedience is showing faith. So, obey God. How? Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Psalm 119.32 says, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. As I've gotten older, God has given me greater understanding. But there's still a lot of things I don't understand. But I obey. Why? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. How many of you parents would, be, would agree, uh, if you've got children... You understand this understanding, this illustration. Delayed obedience is what? Disobedience. Yeah. We've got to hurry up and obey God. Because procrastination brings devastation. I've seen it in my life, other people's lives. You procrastinate, it gets devastating what will happen in your life. You know why? Because God wants obedience. Obedience, immediate obedience. If God tells me to do something, He expects me to do it. How many of you parents ever had that kind of attitude with your kids? Have you ever told your kids, hey, I need you to make up your bed? And they go, why? 
And now I'm giving you a moment to get your answer ready. But most parents, when a kid would say, why? Let's everybody say it together. You ready? One, two, three. Because I said so. We all do that. You do not want to have a, a discussion. Sometimes, I looked at my kids one time and I said, oh, am I sorry? Did you think we were here having a discussion? This is not a point of discussion. This is not a point of debate. This is not a point of who's going to win the pros and cons. This is me telling you, make up your bed. Clean up your room. Now, how many of you parents had a conversation, because things change as parenting, that when you wanted your kids to do something, you sat down and you go, now little Johnny, little Sally, I want you to... I want you to clean up your room and make up your bed and all those things, but I really want you to have a good attitude about it. And so we're just going to wait until you have a good attitude. And then with a good attitude, you can make up your bed and clean up your room. How many parents had that discussion with you? My parents never said, we're going to wait till you have a good attitude. They could care less what my attitude was to make up the bed. All they cared was that my bed got made up. They didn't care that I was in there throwing the covers everywhere. I hate my parents. I can't believe they'll make up the bed. They didn't care if I was in there throwing stuff around in my room. All they cared about was when they opened the door in a few minutes, the bed was made, the room was clean. That's all they cared about. And I hear people today questioning the creator. Seriously. He's the creator of all created things. I think he's a smart dude. I think he knows what he's talking about. So if he gives you and I commands, even though we don't fully understand them, we should do it anyway because he knows best what is good for you and good for me. You see, my kids didn't understand, but I was trying to place into their heart discipline. Understanding authority. Because what is it going to look like when they get a job? Well, I want you to have this done. There's a deadline. Do, do, get this done. You know, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Uh, well, I've already put in my 40 hours this week, and so I'm not going to be able to have time for that. That doesn't cut it. Well, you know, I'm just not having a right attitude. Right? Can, you like, can we just wait till I get a really good attitude about this? That's not going to work either. You see, God didn't say, I want you to obey because you have a good attitude and you fully understand what I'm asking you to do. He just says, if you want these promises, if you want your faith to grow, if you want to live a life that fulfills my purpose and my destiny in your life, obey my commands. Yeah. Whether you have a good attitude or not. Because procrastination brings devastation. Wow. I can't believe the way we doubt the Creator at times. Huh. God says in His Word, obey whether you like it or not. Good attitude or not. Whether you feel like it or not. I mean, how many of you ever just not feel like doing something? I've got to be honest. There's times I preach, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to tell you. Well, pastor preached today, but he said he didn't feel like it, so I didn't feel like listening either, so. 
Don't tell me if you don't feel like listening. Just don't listen. Don't tell me about it. But yeah, we have gotten into such a, a sensitive culture with Christianity to where it's about feelings and it's about sensitivities and it's about being politically correct and all those things. Listen, politically correct changes. God's word does not change. It is the same yesterday, today, forever. The truth is the truth. And it doesn't change just because society changes, just because opinions may change. I got to tell you, this week I'm rooting and I'm praying for Drew Brees. Anybody heard about that? He's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He came out being in favor of something that is just horrible. He came out this week and, and he said that he would support all of the students around our nation on October the 3rd to carry their Bibles to school because it's Take Your Bible to School Day, October the 3rd. Come on. Yeah. You would think there would be nothing but good. No, there's headlines on papers all across the nation that he has linked himself with anti-gate haters. Do you know that the church nowadays is preaching the full gospel? That we're all part of that anti-gate hate group? We're not haters. The Bible tells us to love every person. Love every person. And we love every person. But the Bible also says hate sin. Hate it. So anytime... Christ was confronted with any sins. He, he forgave them, but then he said, don't do it anymore. Go and live a life, but don't live it like you've been living. Let this change your life. I believe a confrontation with God changes you every time. I believe God is constantly working on every one of you and constantly working on me. I wish I could get to the point where I could say, I'm done. I'm finished. Look at me. I am perfection. But every time God chips something out of my heart, out of my mind, out of my life, there's another thing that he starts working on immediately. He doesn't give me a break. Like, come on, God, I just, I just got this thing under control. Well, let's work on this one. Oh, all right. You're trying to make me stronger. You're trying to get my faith to increase. You're trying to make me a mountain mover. Let's do this thing. And God works on me, man. And it's tough. It's tough when God works on you. But delayed obedience is disobedience. I mean, look at this. Israel. God did not plan for them to be in the wilderness for 40 years. Their trek through the wilderness was a 40-day deal. 40 days. That's all God planned for them to be in the wilderness. Why were they there for 40 years? Disobedience. What has been delayed in your life? My life. What blessings, what promises have been delayed in our lives because we disobeyed and we're wandering around for a while and God's going, I don't want you to do that, but that's what you've chosen to do. I'd rather you just obey me and you can receive promises, but we're like, well, ah, ah, come on. And we delay obedience. Yeah, we've all been there. God gives us commands and we give 
demands to God. I've been in a place where I've demanded some things from God. Haven't you? I have been there. I mean, those are emergency situations. But I, I go into the presence of God and I find myself demanding. And God just stops me. He says, if you obey my commands, then you won't have to bring in demands. I mean, God just, he doesn't run around the bush with me. I don't know what he does with you. But the dude is just straight up with me. He says, hey, you're grown enough. You're big enough. You can handle the meat. If you choke on it, that's okay. But if you chew on it a little while, it'll start tasting better. Yeah. So we've got to obey. Secondly, obey completely. Hmm. We don't get to pick and choose, do we? God's standards of right and wrong do not change. God sees our life from a higher perspective, from a creator viewpoint that we do not see. The oldest temptation to man is this. Did God really say that? And see, it's still the temptation today in your life, in my life, in the life of America. We are having people challenge the truths of the word of God daily. And they're saying, but does God's word really say that? Uh, yeah, it does. It really does say that. God the creator really did command this type of life. You see, God's got this thing all figured out. He understands how all of nature works. How he put every species here and put it to where it all continues to cycle through and continues to live on. Some species are here to dominate. Some species are here to be dominated. Some species are here to, to bring life to other species, but they also take life from another species and it all is the circle of life. But God has put you and I here too and he's given us detailed direction in life. Purpose. Purpose. And our faith, as it grows, our direction gets determined in the presence of God. How many of you remember this guy in the Old Testament? This guy's name is Naaman. Remember him? Man, this is a big time player. Got lots of money. He's got it going on. And so he has leprosy. Now, how many know no matter how, how rich you are, sometimes there's some things that you just can't fix. So he has leprosy and he hears about this prophet called Elisha. And so he's going, I'm going to go to Elisha and get healed. So he gets his entourage, he gets in his chariots, and man, they head way out in the countryside to the middle of nowhere and find this prophet out there, and they knock on the door. <laughs> Elisha comes to the door, uh, the servant's there, and he goes, uh, good morning, sir, but uh, my master is here, his name's Naaman, and he has leprosy, and, and he wants you to heal him. And so Elisha just goes, okay. Tell him to go down the river, dip seven times. Shuts the door. What? We've driven all this way. We are filthy and dirty. We've come all this way. And Elisha was ticked off. Mad. Why? You want me to do something? No, no, no. 
You see, the way this works, Elisha, is I come to you, you dip your finger in the oil, you get out here, remember your, your, your predecessor, Elijah, called fire down from heaven? I expect some fireworks here. I want you to pray for me. I want the ground to start shaking. I want the earth to start moving. And God, through his power, is going to come down and heal me of my lepers. That's what I want. No, not the way it's going to get done today. Go down and dip seven times. He is mad. They, they get out there. The river is muddy and nasty and it's below his dignity. But he said do it seven times. Obedience. The guy goes down. One, you know the story. One, two, three, four, five, six. Nothing. Just muddy, dirty water. I mean, it's worse than Call Lake. It's bad. You can't see the bottom two inches deep. But all of a sudden, he goes down one more time. He says, did, did he say seven? It says seven, name it, say seven. Okay. I'm going to do it. Boom, seven times. Comes up. What? Look at what his God has done. Leprosy was gone. He didn't want to do it. He didn't have a good attitude about doing it. He didn't feel like doing it, but he did it because it was a command from the prophet. And he knew that prophet knew God. And he knew that God could do something about his situation. Now today we've got to do the same thing. Obey completely. Not six dips. Not five. Not say, well, I'll do this, but I, I'm not doing that. That's below me. That, I can't do that. I mean, if you want me to go to Africa and preach on the street corners, I'm there. But if you want me to go across the street and talk to my neighbor, whoa, whoa, wait a minute now. You don't understand who my neighbor is. Uh, uh, last time I checked, it's a command. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not a suggestion. Let me tell you what's happening in my little neighborhood. All of my neighbors are now mowing their yards on Thursday nights. You might say, well, that's nothing. Hey, we all mow on Thursday. My, my son and daughter over here, they, they saw it happen. And all of a sudden, Thursday night, people all across the neighborhood start, start mowing the yards. And then, after we get through mowing our yards, you know what we start doing? We start talking to each other. So you know what's happened since I had this shoulder surgery? I got a neighbor two doors down. His name's Tom. He's 80 years old. He come over, weed-eating, and edging my yard for me. Isn't that awesome? 80 years old. Did I ask him? No. Did I go out there in my drug-induced state and say, look, you dog, I sure did. <laughs> Tom, I want to thank you. Yeah. And then he's out there in the middle of the day this last week with a little broom and a little dustpan sweeping up the grass clippings in front of my house. Wow. That doesn't just happen. It's because God put something in my heart years and years ago. When I put you in a house, your neighborhood is your mission field. You get to know your neighbors. You go and talk to them. You knock on their doors. We were, Sandy took me out for a walk like a pet the other day. She had me on a leash. Uh, you're going for a walk. 
okay. We'll go walking down, two neighbors down. This guy, his cars have never had a speck of dirt on them. He washes them, what, at least three times a week. I'm not kidding you. I got neighbors here that will attest to it. And so we're going there, he's going, hey, man, what happened? So I told him, and man, we had a long conversation, wonderful time, and just a great time of, of yeah, knowing your neighbor. Knowing your neighbor. Listen, we are called first to Jerusalem. Obey. Know who your neighbors are. God put you there so that you understand you're the reason why you can talk to them and pray for them and hold them up. I've had some of my neighbors come to me and go, hey, could you pray for my grandkids? Could you pray for my kids? Why? Yeah, our next door neighbor, Barbara, we've been praying with her for some situations and, and she comes back and goes, hey, I got good news. Look what God is doing. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Because you know what? In my neighborhood, I'm not the pastor. I'm just a neighbor. I don't go and go, hello, I'm Reverend Dwayne Bardwell and I'm your, I'm your neighborhood pastor. <laughs> we didn't know we had one. We didn't even want one. But I'll give you a dollar if you'll leave my house. No. I'm your neighbor. I'm your friend. I want to obey God completely just as Elisha was commanded to, to Naaman seven times. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to begin to have a good attitude or feel like it. You just obey. And you get promises. You get the blessings. I want to live. I want to be prosperous. I want to have prolonged days on this earth. Why? Because I understand these are commands. God's not here having a discussion. Yeah. Obey joyfully. Joyfully. Yeah. My kids sometimes obeyed, hmm, not joyfully. And sometimes, you know what they did? They did it joyfully. How many of you as a parent loved it when your kids did something and they did it with a good attitude and they did it joyfully? Wasn't that awesome? Say, hey, can you clean up your room? Absolutely, mom and dad, we're going to go in there. And they come in there, they're in there singing, cleaning up the room. Da, da, da. You may go, that never happened. It happened in my house. Come back in there. Hey, mom and dad, would you please come in my room? It's cleaned up. Go in there, man, it is nice. You know what we do? Give them a big hug. Let's go get some ice cream. Let's do something fun. Let's enjoy each other's company. But there were times when as a parent, you had to be the bigger people in the house. As a parent, sometimes you got to get your kids to do stuff. They don't understand it. But then there's times as a parent, they do it and you go, oh man, I could not be more proud of you. I'm, I'm bubbling. I'm busting. Yeah. I mean, now we do it on Facebook and Instagram and all that. But man, in the old days, we just, we just did it, you know, in our families. It's like, ah, oh, so proud of you. Man, and then you just, you lavish compliments on them because you want to build up when they do something great. You want to build it up. It's awesome. My son mowed my yard for me Thursday night. He knows how particular I am. I was out there guiding him directing him. He kept saying, Dad, I got this. I'm like, no, you don't. I don't. It's got to be in a diagonal. It's got to be from this corner to the corner of the driveway. Straight line, son. Yeah. He's 30-something years old. I think he had it. But as a father, he's still my little boy, you know? 
But when he got through, I told him, great job. You did a great job, man. Awesome. It looks great. Now, my wife mowed it the week before and did not do diagonals. <laughs> and I think I had some comments from the neighbors like, what happened? <laughs> no. She had it. It got mowed. And she did it joyfully. It was hot. But being in my position, <laughs> thank you, baby. But when you please God, guess what God does? He lavishes His love on you. When you obey Him and you, you obey Him in your relationship individually, in your marriage, your family, you, you honor God with your tithing, you honor God. All of you today, thank you for being here. Every one of you got up early this morning. It took a whole lot of effort to get here. You know what? God's looking at you and going, good job. Right. Awesome job. You could have stayed at home, but you made it. Man, you did great. Thank you for being here. And God's going to lavish some love on you because of that. And then you're like, and then you listen to a preacher who's may or may not be saying everything correctly. <laughs> Good job, I'm going to give you another 10-point bonus on top of that one. And this week you're going to have the lavish love of God. Good job, awesome. I love you, daughter. I love you, son. Why? Because you're doing it and you're here with a smile on your face. I mean, nobody put a gun to your head. If they did, I'm sorry, but they shouldn't have. But when you have kids, sometimes you got to drag them, don't you? I mean... Parents, if you, if you wake up and your kids don't want to go to church, that's when they need to go to church. We were talking about it earlier this morning in our, in our boardroom back there, and I remember being sick as a little kid, and I thought that will get me out of going to church. My dad was a pastor. Never missed church. Oh, no, sick does not get you from going to church. Sick gets you carried to the front, laid up on the altar, well, a bunch of about 40 dear sweet women of God will get the bucket of oil and start just slathering you from head to toe. And it'll be about 50 minutes to an hour and a half later before they get through praying for you. You come up out of there slick and healed, man. <laughs> Nobody didn't grab you after church and chase. That ain't going to happen. Yeah. Because you know what? Our boy's sick. We don't stay home. We take him to church to get healed. Faith. Obedience. We obey joyfully. Psalm 119.6 says, Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. You know, I've found the more time I spend with someone, the more I love them, and the more I love them, the more I want to do for them. My wife has been so great. She has been awesome. She does things and I don't even ask for it. She just knows me. She knows me. I've been sleeping in the bed ever since my surgery and the doctor's going, nobody sleeps in a bed. They sleep in a recliner for the first four weeks. I'm going, you don't know my wife. She's got that bed set up. Then I go in there and there's pillows everywhere, set up, got me something to drink on the nightstand in the middle of the night if my mouth gets dry from the medic. I mean, she's taking care of me. I get up in the morning. She, I mean, she's just, why? Because she loves me. We spent 43 years together. Knew each other four years before that. She doesn't have to ask me what I want. She knows what I want before I ask. And I found that in my relationship with God, the more time I spend with God, 
the more I know Him and the more I know what He expects and wants from me. And He doesn't even have to ask me. I just know what God expects. I know what God wants. The measure of your love is obedience. It's not shouting. It's not anything else. It's obedience. God will measure how much you love Him because He said this, If you love me, shout. No. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now how many know you've had people tell you that they love you and do you bad? They'll look you straight in the face and say, I love you. <laughs> look at the guy. Little guy's already got his hand raised. How old is he? Four. He's already had it done to him, man. <laughs> He's already had somebody look at him and go, I love you, and then just... <laughs> Four years of age, it don't take long, right? Yeah. Yeah. You and I have all had that happen. And God goes, I'm watching how you live and how you act and how you obey, and that tells me how much you love me. Wow. Wow. That's serious evaluation there. You can't fake that. You can't go, well, God won't see this. No. He wants us to obey and obey joyfully. The Bible says it's better to obey than even sacrificing. So in our society, it'd be today like, well, I'll give $1,000. That's sacrificial and I don't have to obey. No, no, no. He'd rather for you to obey. Well, for some of you, it'd be sacrificing for be 10000 50000 100000 For some of you, it'd be a dollar. Whatever it is, God's going, I would rather you obey my commands than show me some type of way you're going to sacrifice something. Don't sacrifice without obedience. If God's, through your obedience, ask you to sacrifice, then do that. We've got the faith five, right? That we've been working on. I hope you've accepted those faith fives. Challenge yourself. Yeah, some of them are sacrifice. Man, don't eat from one day at noon to the next day at noon. Miss two meals? That's a lot of sacrifice in America today. But I'm doing it because I want God to do something in return. I want God to heal and see my faith. I want God to move this mountain. That's the only reason to do that. It's to see God grow you and your faith and your strength. And then we've got to obey continually. It's not a one-time deal, is it? It's every day. Continually. I have found that life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. When I was younger, a young Christian, a young preacher, I thought, man, I better get the whole world saved in like I got two months. Yeah. Remember 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988? Remember that book? Oh, man. Yeah. And then 2000, the Y2K thing, scaring everybody to death. All these things. And I found out that life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not even a relay race. It's a marathon. It's endurance. It's are you running every day? Every day. I, I drove... Uh, to my uh, physical therapy this week and I saw some of the high school students running down the street they were running. Well, at least some of them were. Some of them had started walking. But progress was being made. You see, as long as we're making progress, God appreciates that. It's only when we just, oh, I'm not doing nothing else. I'm done. We quit. As long as you're walking, walk by faith, not by sight. Not by our feelings, 
Not because it's enjoyable today or not because I like it. Not because I understand it, but I am obeying continually. Why? Because this is God's commands for my life. It is no longer I who live, right? But Christ who lives in me, Paul said. He said, I died, I've been crucified. So my wants, my desires are dead. It is God's purpose, God's will, and God's desires in my life. That's why I'm breathing today is to fulfill that purpose. Psalm 119.47 says this, For I delight in your commands because I love them. That's a mature person, isn't it? That's David writing toward the end of his life. In the earlier parts of his life, he did not obey God's commands all the time. He got in trouble for not obeying. But as he grew older, he goes, I love your commands. I love the word of God. I love it. Is it always nice to me? No. (laughs) There are times it convicts the depth of my heart. And I have to stop and say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. Sometimes I may have the wrong attitude. I may have the wrong word that I said at the wrong moment. And I have to say, God, forgive me. Then go to that person and go, I'm so sorry that I hurt you. Uh, And guys, let me just tell you something. Men and women, let me tell you something. If you go to apologize, the word if should never be in there. It took me about eight years of marriage to realize that. I thought I was apologizing to Sandy and I would say something like this. Hey, hey honey, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry if. I got to tell you what, she let me know that if ain't in there. She says, you need to say, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry that I didn't do this or that I didn't do that because there's no ifs. I did it. An apology is not about if I did something. The apology is saying, hey, I did it, I own up to it, and I'm sorry. I've seen people go, well, I don't want to forgive my husband, or I don't want to forgive my wife. Well, you better, because the Bible kind of commands that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Forgive so you can be forgiven. Boy, you don't want to be in a house with unforgiveness. Man. If you are in the living room, men, your wife is in the kitchen, and it ain't quiet, you hear pots and pans slamming, you better hightail it to the kitchen. And don't go, honey, if I did something, no. Say, honey, whatever I did, I'm sorry. And whatever I'm about to do, please forgive me about that too. It's not about feeling it. It's not about understanding it. It's just about doing it. I've been married 43 years. I can give you some wisdom. But the greatest wisdom is I love the word of God. And sometimes it talks about God lavishing his love on me and God pouring out blessings upon me that, that I cannot contain. And sometimes it talks about giving me joy and the strength that I need and, and the peace that surpasseth all understanding. And, and those are all wonderful things that I enjoy, the blessings of God. And then sometimes he says, hey, 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 don't. Don't. But you better do this. And it's not a discussion There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's the word of God. The creator of the universe. 
the one who names every star that they have yet to discover, the one who has numbered every hair of your head, the one who knows when a sparrow falls, the one who knows exactly how many grains of sand are on all of the beaches of the world. And when he speaks, we should listen. And when he convicts your heart, we've got to obey. Not delayed. Immediate. Immediate. And then you will learn how to do it completely. And then joy comes in. Obedience with joy. I love the Word of God. I love it when God increases my faith when I can begin to have stronger faith. Because you see, I've seen too much God has done to say, did God really say that? Oh, He did. I have seen families get healed when all of a sudden they started obeying the Word of God. I have seen people get healed when all of a sudden they started obeying the Word of God. I have seen churches explode in evangelism when everybody realizes that I have a command from God to love my neighbor because they are not just there by accident. When we came to Ponca City, guess what? We prayed hard. Is this the direction? And then when we got here, we prayed hard. God, where are we supposed to live? We had four other choices and God slammed the door on every one of them. I mean, slammed the door shut, not on our part, but on the other part. And we're confused. Where do you want us to live? Then God opened the door and shoved us right through it. It happened so quick, we were like, what? Okay, I understand. This is where you have placed me. And this is where I need to obey and you will take care of everything else. Because as a parent, when you obey, God will help you take care of your kids. And when your kids leave, God will help take care of them as they leave. You put them in God's hands. I promise you. If, you, if you're trusting and obeying God, He'll help you with your finances. I promise you. I've seen God do incredible things. We ate a pot of spaghetti for a month. One pot of spaghetti. And threw some out. So if you invite me over for dinner, no spaghetti. I've, I've been in places that I don't understand. But I obeyed the word in those times. And I've seen God do incredible things. And my hunger of my heart, and I know it's the hunger of your heart, is God, we want our kids to see what we have seen. I've seen arms straightened out that were withered. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen blind receive sight with my own eyes. I've seen people walk into church totally drunk, staggering in and falling in the back of the church, and they left sober by the power of God. I've seen these things happen. I don't doubt God's power. But I believe that every one of us have to position ourselves to receive the promises of God. Obedience is the premise to God's promises. It is not about whether God can do it. It is about whether I am in the right place. 
You see, Moses was told to speak to the rock. Eh, I want to be a little bit more dramatic. I want to take this rod and strike the rock. Yeah. When you get to heaven, ask Moses how that went for him. <laughs> Complete obedience, right? I want to be like Paul and I want to preach till somebody goes to sleep and falls out of a window. <laughs> Teenage boy named Eutychus hanging out in the window, bored, falls out on the ground and he died from the impact. Paul goes down and goes, wait a minute, I got a lot more to say. <laughs> Prayed over him, the boy rose up, went back in and they had church. I'm tired of the enemy stealing. I'm tired of the enemy stealing, stealing marriages, stealing our family, stealing our children because the enemy's lying to our kids and you know what? They're not old enough to understand a lie. And I'm tired of us as a church being weak. It's time for the church to be stronger than ever before. No matter what they say about us in this world, we got to understand we love God and we love people. And we want God's blessings upon every person who's ever been born. We want them to receive the promises of God and live a good life that is alive and living and is blessed and prospering and prolonged. How does this happen when we are in obedience to His commands and God directs our footsteps? God directs. Proverbs 14.34 says this, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. It doesn't matter that we're America. If we sin, we're going to be condemned as a nation. It doesn't matter what nation. The nation has to be filled with righteousness have a right standing with God. And I need our nation. I need our states. I need our counties. And I need our towns. And I need our churches. And I need Ponca Assembly of God to say, hey, we're going to obey the Word of God. We're going to obey His commands. And we're going to position ourselves for God to pour out promises in our lives. I'm not going to be in disobedience. I'm not going to be in delayed disobedience. I'm not going to be in delayed obedience. I'm going to obey completely, quickly, immediately, joyfully. Why? Because that's what my Father says. Do I understand it? No. Do I really like it? No. But I know it will please my Father. And the more time I spend with Him, the more I want to please Him. The more I do before He even asks me to do it. Because you see, there's a, lot, there's a lot of things in my life I used to pray about. Those things we don't pray about anymore. Because you don't have to pray about it if God says, do it. It's not up for discussion. It's not up for praying. Well, well, let me pray about it and see how I feel about it and, and I'll see if I need to talk to my neighbor. No, no, God says do it. Yeah. Let me see if I, want, if I should pray for you. Well, I think God says pray for each other. Yeah. Love each other. Right. Build each other up on your most high faith. 
Encourage one another even more as the day approaches. And I got to tell you, the day is approaching. The day is approaching. The Bible said it'll be like it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Those days are happening in our world. Those days are happening in our nation. And things we thought would never happen in America are happening. And I think, well, what I think doesn't matter. God's word says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will direct your paths. And your path will be along the way of where you will live a wonderful life. You will prosper and you will have long days upon this earth. Would you stand with me this morning? Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.